0: Welcome to the Becoming Eva podcast, where we discuss real life issues from a woman's perspective.
1: Becoming Eva seeks to break the silence within the female community while fostering authenticity, transparency, and healing. We're We're your your hosts, Latoya Moore and Maya Dawson. Let's get started. All right, so we'll jump in this month, we're actually going to be focusing on finances, if you're a woman of purpose, if you're a woman of vision, you're trying to secure that bag. So yes. we, we're trying to figure out what does it take, you know, from a practical stance, what are some steps you can take even if you're an entrepreneur. We're gonna be talking about that later on in the month. So all that good stuff. But this week in particular, we're talking about financial wisdom and we are joined by none other V Rhonda Jones of <laughs> Edward Jones Investments. So I actually want to share a little bit of her bio um, because it's so incredible. Um she She is a financial advisor with Edward Jones Investments and the, th- the firm basically serves nearly 7 million clients, and they manage over $1 trillion in assets. The firm was ranked highest in investor satisfaction in 2019 by J.D. Power. And as a financial advisor, Rhonda believes it's important to invest time in understanding the goals of her clients, as well as working towards um, and what they're working towards before investing their money. So that's great. Thank you for, like, wanting to, you know not have a cookie cutter approach if you will and um, and of course we know the financial world can sometimes feel like foreign territory which is why she's here today to give us some wisdom uh, but she works one-on-one to help determine the most appropriate financial strategy for her clients and their families so we are blessed to have her here today and we're gonna talk financial wisdom 101 we're gonna start with the basics <laughs> and we're gonna try to cover every spectrum of life because I genuinely believe that financial wisdom is something that you can begin teaching your children you know and then through every stage of life even when you're in college even you know in your 20s 30s 40s and on so uh, we're gonna kind of hit each one of those stages touch on them a bit and kind of gain some and hopefully gain some financial wisdom so we want to give you a warm welcome all right
2: well i am happy to be here um should i come up to this yes as
1: long as you're talking into the mic you're good (laughs) okay thank you for being Um, here
2: yeah so i'm happy to be here um Excited to share things that you can do at every stage of your life, because what you do today makes a difference in the future. Absolutely. And so the earlier you understand financial principles, financial foundational principles, the better, you know, you can be in the future.
1: Right. So let's start off. First of all, how did you get into financial planning? Like how what made you even want to go down this path?
2: Okay. Great. Great question. So <laughs> I actually started as a director of finance in a, in a corporate setting. Okay. And um, I was certified, in addition to that, to teach business classes and finance classes at the college level. Mm. And so they added a course to the curriculum. And you know how in college you have these little nice titles mm-hmm. and the students mm-hmm. don't necessarily know what they're going into mm-hmm. study. So it was a personal finance class okay. and it was one of the most engaging classes you just talked about teaching wow um, that I've ever done where they wanted to know about because we studied stocks bonds mutual funds insurance estate planning you wow name it. and they would come in with you know their credit scores I'm like don't share it with people you know <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna talk about it um, they'd go home and share it with their family and so it was very engaging in that course it got me interested in just really understanding a little bit more about that side of the industry, Mm -hmm. the the personal finance and um, in the class there's a segment where you go and you interview a financial advisor and learn about um, working with a professional. And um, There was mixed feelings because Mm -hmm. some of the students came back a little discouraged. Um, One, because um, they didn't see a lot of people who looked like them across the table. Mm -hmm. Um, So they, you know, kind of felt like, I don't know if they were taking me seriously, Mm -hmm. you know, when I was Mm -hmm. asking questions. And then um, secondly, there had to be a certain net worth, you know, before they'd actually answer a lot of their questions. Wow. So as I did my own research, I said, you know, I'd like to be that face on the other side of the table to be able to um, help anyone who's Mm -hmm. interested in having financial goals and reaching them. And so that's what I did. I made the transition and I love what I do and I wouldn't go back.
1: That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. And thank God you made that choice because like mm-hmm. you said, you know, especially if you are, you know, if you're brown or black and you you may feel intimidated in those environments because the person sitting across the table, not only may they not look like you, but like you said, they may not take you seriously or they may mm-hmm. not even be willing to have a conversation with you if they're like, well, what can you do for me? What have you done for me? You don't have the money I can invest. Like, yeah. you know, but we're trying to get some money to you're invest. Right. So, <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) My goodness. So thank you for taking that step because Mm -hmm. it, I'm sure, has opened up the doors Mm -hmm. for a lot of people of color in particular to start having conversations about money. It's so important, you know, even from a biblical perspective. I mean, how many times do you hear Jesus talk about money in the Bible? And we still have this weird relationship with it. So we're going to try to dispel some of that today. Yes. So I'm grateful that you're here. Yeah. So let's start. Let's start, um, I would say, with the younger generation, even with children. You know, what what would you say is probably the um, a good age to start talking to your children about money
2: um, as soon as they can do math? <laughs> Amen. You, should, you should start doing it um, I did a session um, About four or five years ago At a high school Someone asked me to come out and talk with Teenagers who were getting ready to go off to college um, So I said yeah I came out It was a full auditorium But more importantly it was more adults than it was kids Because they said hey no one told me this When I was young So I want to know So I did a little activity with them And I had them to write the budget down So you're the child, you write the budget down, and the parent is going to kind of check and see what's right, what's wrong. What we found out is that children really think we spend the most money on the things we talk about the most. Mm. So they think food, because you're always like, okay, don't waste that food, Mm -hmm. you know, or clothes. Mm -hmm. They had those as the biggest budget items. And things like mortgage and rent was the smallest, because they never hear about it. So I tell that story to say that, You should sit down with your children as early as they can comprehend and share with them what you actually spend. Help them to understand to budget, and then that will lead to helping them to understand savings, which is something that they should start doing as they get into their 20s and things. That's awesome. And
1: you talk about that age in college, because I know for me, college, I mean... I grew up in a single-parent household, so my mother was very vocal with me. If we didn't have money for certain things, we didn't have money for certain things. So I knew certain things like that, but as far as, like, really... Um, managing finances for myself and really understanding the impact of my decisions Mm -hmm. that didn't hit for me probably until college which like the age that you highlighted so like what are some things you know in college and you know even once you're entering your your early 20s like some things that you steps that you should take I should say to start gaining financial wisdom if you will you know even in that age when you're you're accumulating debt should you accumulate debt how much debt should you accumulate you know should your parents co-sign like that's a lot that age to me is kind of like the passing of the baton age where it's like trying to figure out how much responsibility you should share with your children versus how much you know your parents should take on if you will Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I have a six year old that's my oldest and so she's in the age where she's learning how to count and identify different types of coins and how much is this Mm -hmm. so what are some other ways that Even young children, how parents can start implementing those types of financial wisdom concepts. Okay. Yeah, great. Let's start young and then we'll go on up. Okay.
2: We'll start young, we'll go up. So, things that you can do with young children. Um, One, Teach them. So there's an activity I do with kids that I tell them it's called dimes, dollars, and dividends. Mm, okay. Amen for dividends <laughs> at, at a child's age. I'm like, did I know what a dividend was? So dimes are coin, right? So teach them to save coin. That, that gives them the... The spirit of, I need to save, Mm -hmm. right? So as they find coin around, as you go to the store, you use cash and you have coin. Because there's even apps now that people use as adults Mm -hmm. that, you know, it rounds it up and it puts it in a Mm savings. So give it to them visually Mm -hmm. so that they can put it in a jar, you know, different things like that. Help them to learn that the dollar is earned. So give them a chore or something that they can do that they can earn the money.
1: Amen. For earning.
2: Yes. (laughs) Just saying. So even... Not something that they're going to do all the time. Something that they'll choose. You know, so they may say, okay, I will... You know, mow the lawn if, you know, they're old enough for that. Or I will, you know, sort something in a cabinet or a closet. Whatever it is that they want to do that's fun for them. And you you show them the earning. I also challenge parents to help children to understand their worth. So you don't tell them how much they should get. Let them tell you. Mm. So they learn to negotiate. Salaries and, and their worth, you know. And if they're too low, help them to understand that, well, that's going to take a lot of time to do, so maybe you should be earning this much for that. Mm-hmm. So you can do that with young kids. Um, and then as they get old enough to kind of understand bills and budgets – um, do that some of the middle schools are uh, taking children down to um, the chick-fil-a foundation mm-hmm. for the junior achievement mm-hmm. um, where they get to kind of live the life of if i was a police officer or if i was a nurse or if mm-hmm. i was a teacher and and it helps them to understand salary that they earn and how they just you know um dispense it out cool. to pay their bills so they do understand at least by that age but for the little ones Coins, dollars dividends you start to teach them like um if they have hopefully they may not have a phone at six but um (laughs) hopefully not but something that maybe they wear you know show them that that name brand is a is a company that actually um makes money through investors and, and when you invest in this company, you're investing when you purchase, when you buy it at the store, mm-hmm. but you can also invest in it and then they will pay you when they're profitable. So help them to learn that at an early age. Yeah,
1: that's some good stuff. I'm, I feel like, wow, like yeah. I, some of that stuff I'm like, I didn't learn until I was in the double digits, let alone the single digits. <laughs> yes. I was like, wait now. But really great stuff like even just the whole piece about you know understanding your worth like I don't like just really that whole art of negotiating and everything Mm -hmm. those are things that the earlier you learn them it just Mm -hmm. sets you up for life like in just such an incredible way Mm -hmm. it's good stuff I
0: used to save my lunch money yeah and I would just like take like make my lunch uh-huh. and my parents would give me lunch money mm-hmm. and i would just pocket and save there it there you go pocket and See, save it all year long yep. yeah, my parents <laughs> never knew hey. so i was like hey I'm just saving my money you and I can go. use it for whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Even
1: like when you were talking about coins, I know I used to take pennies and roll them up and then take them to the bank and get my dollars. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because, um, like I said, living in a single parent household, my like literally it took a village to raise me like my aunts and uncles. We were all in the same household at certain times. And so I would literally find like loose change <laughs> in the couch from people just sitting and leaving stuff and then roll them up, take them to the bank and then my aunts and uncles be like, "Hey, Maya, you got a dollar? <laughs> sure, See? it's and your you do dollar, that. but sure, <laughs> here you go." You know, but yeah, like those principles as far as realizing the value of coins, even mm-hmm. and how that adds up, is really important. So, mm-hmm. okay, so let's transition to the college young adult years where that okay. baton is kind of being passed. What are some tips that you have on um, for parents that are you know maybe having difficulty letting go or wanting to Um, set their children up for the best, but then also for that age when you're still trying to figure things out and you are taking on more responsibility, what are some tips for gaining financial wisdom?
2: Okay. Um, So at this age, they know, you know, about budgeting. And so I really encourage, I I know that that transition time, especially if they're in college, um, money is tight. You know, money is tight. But what they need to be aware of is debt and not taking on too much. Um, When you first get to college, that's when you start getting pre-approval letters Mm -hmm. for credit cards and different things like that. So this is a perfect age to help them to understand that what they do today, you know, getting those credit cards and things like that can impact long-term. I also always, at every age, encourage to learn how to save a small amount away. You know, kind of go with that 50, 30-20 30-20 rule. So that's 50% of what you have, even if it's $100. Mm-hmm. Um, you use that for your essentials. Mm-hmm. You know, 30% is for your your wants, and then 20% should be saved away. So if mom and dad is giving you $100, mm-hmm. then, you know, you kind of put that 20 away, make that your emergency fund, mm-hmm. right, <laughs> even mm-hmm. at a young age, and then try to work on that 80 Because what I tend to see with parents is that they get a little frustrated that they give money to their children and then they they spend it like as soon as it hits their Mm hands. So helping them to understand longevity of the dollar is, is important.
0: Really good.
2: Yeah. Great stuff.
0: You have anything, Toya? I was just thinking back to my years in college when the first thing, I think the first like week or two in like the commons area, there were so many... Um, banks and different people set up trying to get you to to open this credit mm-hmm. card open this credit mm-hmm. card and I was like I only have like I think I came with like $1,200 mm-hmm. um, that I worked at Waffle House mm-hmm. over the summer and mm-hmm. I saved my little money and I was like ah I don't know but I don't think I had a lot of financial wisdom with um, my parents telling me you know like don't do it um, but I think I only had, like, one credit card as, like, my emergency credit card that I Mm -hmm. didn't really use. But I was just thinking back to how did I ever learn Mm -hmm. to, like, really do that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's some good stuff. Like, I mean, college, you're just so open. You're wide open. I know we would get like credit card pre-approvals in the bags from the store. (laughs) Like the bookstore at our school, there was always a slip in the bag about a credit. I was like, what in the world? Like, it can easily set you up for failure if you don't have that wisdom early on. So, Mm -hmm. okay. So let's talk about once you're out of college and you got that first legitimate Good paying job. They got mm-hmm. some benefits, yeah. you know, like what what are some things you can do to really take advantage of that opportunity?
2: OK, well, this is an age where you need to really understand company retirement plans. Mm. And I know that um, at that age, you're not thinking about retirement. Exactly. You're thinking, <laughs> I'm just trying to pay my bills,
1: Live your best life. Yes. There,
2: you know? <laughs> but um, it's it's really important at that age. For you to look at that benefit package and if nothing else, if there's a 401k or something that has some employer match, just do the match at least. Do the match at least. Um, the earlier you start saving for retirement, the more you'll have in the long run. And it's coming out pre-taxed. So a lot of people don't realize that, um, yeah. Maybe it's even if it's twenty or twenty-five dollars. Mm-hmm. If the company's matching twenty or twenty-five dollars, that's fifty. Mm-hmm. You see, that's mm-hmm. forty or fifty dollars that you didn't have to put in there. You know, yeah. Um, so don't miss out on that opportunity. So I always tell um, folks who are starting their first full-time job contribute um, whatever the small amount is, and at least get the the maximum of what the company is going to put in. Very good, yeah. very good.
1: Anything else on the twenties before we transition on into the thirties? Oh, um, yeah. I thought we were cresting
2: into the thirties, oh, right there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, and you're right. Nowadays, it really yeah. you could get that like first like legitimate job in mm. your twenties
2: or your thirties. So yeah. you know, yeah, That's true. Yeah. Either or, either or. I, I will. I want to dispel, uh, dispel a myth mm-hmm. because I do hear this a lot from. We'll say mid 20s to early 30s. People will say, well, I don't want to contribute to my 401k because I don't plan to stay in this job. Mm. Right. Well, it's important to know that anything you put in, you can transition and take with you. Now, the employer match may not go with you, but what you put away mm-hmm. does yeah. so If you put a thousand dollars in and they put a thousand dollars in, your thousand dollars goes with you. If you work there long enough and and earn that those dollars, then two thousand can go with you. So I say still still do it even if you don't plan to stay there okay. because um, that's money that you put away. And what you'll find is it's almost like when money is out of sight, out of mind, mm-hmm. you tend to stay on plan of contributions that's true that's very true
1: when it's automatic you know even with your own personal savings if you have that as an automatic
0: withdrawal it Mm -hmm. really does help so yes that's a great it doesn't give you the chance to be like well maybe i Mm -hmm. can use it for this if it's Just automatically withdrawn. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: and yep. I I was always told to transfer it to a completely different account where it's hard for you to get the money yes.
0: like yes. right back. Yes. You know
1: where it might take that three to five business days. Like Kevin Hart say, well the way my account is set up, it <laughs> the t- savings
2: you know. go to the checking and the yeah. checking goes to the. Yeah,
1: and that, <laughs> that gives me time to really think. Like, okay, do I really need this money? Is it really worth like pulling out this money? Because mm. if I can just easily just Sliding on back out when I need it, then it mm-hmm. it just makes it easy for me to spend. That's just how I am
2: now. So I, you know. that that's how most are. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So yes.
1: All right. Anything else for? Any, do you have anything for the thirties? Anything else we want to talk about regarding that age bracket?
2: The other thing that I would say, if your budget would allow it, is mm-hmm. to start a Roth IRA.
1: Okay, tell um, us, break that down. Yep. I'm speaking another language with some people, <laughs> I'm just saying, just saying.
2: Okay, so you have a company plan, which is your 401k. If you work for a nonprofit or a school or something, mm-hmm. maybe a 403b. It's going to start with a four. Okay, okay? <laughs> um, and then outside of that, you can have an individual retirement. Account. That's okay. what an IRA is, an individual retirement account, and then you have the employer. Okay. The reason why I say start your Roth as early as you can, there's two different types. There's a traditional IRA mm-hmm. and there's a Roth IRA. A Roth IRA, whatever you put in there... Um, As it's growing over time, Mm -hmm. it comes out tax-free. Oh, wow. Okay, so I'm going to say if you have built from, let's say, early 20s, even if you're putting $25 a Mm -hmm. month in there, and now you're Mm -hmm. moving into retirement, if it's $100,000 in a Roth, it's $100,000, okay, tax-free. Okay. If you put money in a traditional IRA, and there's reasons that you would have one or the other, but I'm encouraging people, if they're eligible for a Roth, to do a Roth. Um, In a traditional IRA, those are considered pre-tax dollars, very similar Mm. to a 401k. Okay. So that means Mm -hmm. that as you start to draw it out, you have to pay some taxes on it, um, because they only tax a dollar one time, either present day or in the future. Mm -hmm. So those dollars were never taxed in a traditional Mm -hmm. when it went in. Mm -hmm. So that then you'll have to pay the tax in the future. But with a Roth, it's
0: tax free. Okay. So if you wanted to withdraw, there's no like penalty is what you're saying? Because I know sometimes with different accounts, I'm not totally familiar with all the, Mm the language. Yeah. I know that sometimes there's like a 20 percent like penalty if you Mm -hmm. withdraw that's a
2: that's a great question so in a 401k that 20 percent is happening for two reasons so remember dollar gets taxed only one time Mm -hmm. either coming in or going out Mm -hmm. right so it came through your payroll Mm -hmm. and it was never taxed gotcha so now when you go to take it out Mm -hmm. they have to tax it gotcha but if you take it out before you're 59 and a half there's a penalty on top of that so let's Got say it. you're 40 and you take it out they have to tax the dollar once and then penalize it for you taking it out before 59 and a half wow so you could just wait till you're 60 and then you won't get taxed <laughs> is what you're saying well you'll still in a in a 401k you'll still get taxed one once. time One time. So that's kind of the easy breakdown of that. Okay. (laughs) So, but with the
1: Roth, okay, so with the Roth, you are, you are basically taking it out of your net income. So it's already been taxed. There you go. Taxed one time. And you're putting it in. Mm -hmm. And so that way, when you take it out, do you still have to wait till you're 59 and a half to take it out? great question. Okay. So
2: another benefit of a Roth is let's say you put a thousand dollars in. That's your principal. Mm-hmm. If you take it out before 59 and a half, we're talking just the principal, mm-hmm. then there is no penalty for that. Principal in, principal out, gotcha. no penalty. If that $1,000 has grown, say to 1500 mm-hmm. that $500 mm-hmm. remains tax-free as long as it stays in to mm-hmm. your 59 and a half. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Gotcha. So now let's go back to your question of age.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You're 30 or 25 Mm -hmm. or whatever, and you're putting in money into your Roth, Mm -hmm. and now age 30, you have an emergency. A lot of people go to their 401k and they pull money out and they pay all those taxes. That's 20%
0: (laughs) right, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right.
2: But if you put it in your Roth Mm -hmm. and you have an emergency, Mm -hmm. you put in, as you said, Mm -hmm. net dollars. Mm -hmm. Already taxed. So you can take it out without 20% 20%. Twenty percent. Got it. Thank you for next. taking us to school today, Ron. <laughs> like, for, like, thank you. For, I know that's I a lot. That I know now. that's a lot. It's so but it's these are these principles that yeah. you if you learn them young, then yeah, you could be building an emergency fund inside of a Roth. Got it. Very true for thought.
1: Very yeah. true. Oh my goodness! All right, y'all. We going yeah. We gonna tell you how to hook up with. <laughs> <laughs> By the end of this, you all going to know. So, okay, great Perfect. stuff. Okay. okay, so, and I know we we kind of blurring the lines here, but I just wanted to kind of make sure we kind of took different age brackets into consideration. So, we have anything else for the 30s before we want to move to the 40s? Nope. Okay, so let's say for someone in their 40s, what are some steps they can take to gain some financial wisdom?
2: Okay, so in your 40s, now your salary is pretty good. So, and if we kind of look at the journey that you've taken Mm -hmm. us on, Maya, as a child, you've learned about the dollar, Mm -hmm. the coins, you've learned the practice of saving. Mm -hmm. And then when you go to college, you've reiterated that practice of saving. Mm -hmm. So now you're taking in your 30s and saving it in a vessel that's Mm -hmm. going to be tax efficient. Yep. Okay. So now you're in your 40s. Okay, so now in your 40s, you really not need to start looking at your whole comprehensive plan. I call it your buckets of money. So you're working, you're contributing to 401k, you're contributing to Roth IRA, mm-hmm. you probably have insurances of some sort, you might have a mortgage, mm-hmm. so you need to look at everything comprehensively now. And really at that age, you want to start looking at your insurances. Because um, as you age, Mm -hmm. and a lot of times people don't start thinking about their insurances until they start to get older, Mm -hmm. but premiums get really high. Mm -hmm. And so you want, really, if you can afford it, to try and get it when you're younger. Mm -hmm. Um, Take advantage of group plans at your... Jobs and then a a good term policy with mm-hmm. a low premium. Okay, um, so you want to look at that.
1: So, wait, you're talking about a lot of different insurances here. So, take mm-hmm. me through, because mm-hmm. some people may just be thinking car insurance or health I'm insurance life or insurance, life but insurance, but are you
0: insurance. Talking about life insurance,
1: you probably are, but I'm saying like take us, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Take us through. Are you talking about life insurance specifically? I'm talking about
2: life insurance, yes, but also those other insurance. So it's a whole insurance mm-hmm. kind of inventory Mm -hmm. um, you want to look at all of them really because um, with your uh, health insurance Mm -hmm. you have to start looking and saying okay does it have any long-term care benefits should I start looking at that Mm -hmm. not at that age you'll start doing that in 50s but um, for mortgages cars different things like that life has kind of changed and you just Mm want to do an inventory. I've had people who have been with the same insurance company since they were 20, Mm -hmm. and now they're 40. 20 years, never looked at their premiums because they're loyal to that brand. Wow. And that premium has actually creeped up over the years. Mm-hmm. So you want to look at all of it, but specifically life.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. So take us through the different types of life insurance options that are out there.
0: Do you want to get that deep in the woods? Well, not too <laughs> deep,
1: but when you said term, like, term what does versus that mean? like, whole. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yes, because we, we have um, life insurance, and I want to know the difference, or I guess the benefits of having a whole life insurance plan Versus a term life insurance plan. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, which one is better? Mm-hmm. Pros mm-hmm. and cons of both. Okay, pros and cons of both.
2: You can do a whole segment on insurance. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it sounds like it. It really does. Like, my head is already sw- swimming. Like, uh, okay. Okay, so uh, pros and cons of term and, and, and uh, permanent. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. So um, term is affordable. For one, um, normally your plan at your job is um, it's a group plan. And if you leave, then the insurance ends mm-hmm. in most cases. So that's why you do a inventory, because you may have what's called portable life insurance meaning that it goes with you Mm -hmm. so you leave it goes with you Mm -hmm. it's rare circumstances but but that does happen and in that case that company may have a plan where it is actually a permanent plan Mm -hmm. that you're paying into so now you see why it's important to kind of do the inventory (laughs) yes pull those benefit packages out and actually go in there and Mm -hmm. look and see what what it is um so a term means that after a certain period of time, that term ends, insurance ends. The reason that 40 is pivotal is because you may have started that plan or your parent may have started that plan when you were 20, mm-hmm. and it's a 20-year
0: term. It may be coming to wow. an end. So my question is, once once it comes to that end, mm-hmm. what happens to all that money that mm-hmm. you were paying mm-hmm. during that 20-year term. Do you just, does it just go away? You don't get anything? That's correct. (laughs) That's correct. So
2: what I find when I'm sitting down with clients is that they may have gotten insurance when they were younger and that term is getting ready to end. Now Mm. you are older. So your premium may go up Mm -hmm. because you're older. Insurance premiums go up with age mm-hmm. so if you're making decisions about insurance i always tell people don't delay on making that decision and say oh i'll do it in five years i'll do it mm-hmm. in 10 years because every time you're waiting that premium is going mm. up so 40 is a good good time for mm-hmm. my li- timeline because um you're still relatively healthy right um you can still get a affordable premium, mm-hmm. and if you do go back into another term policy, either twenty year, twenty five year, or thirty, right? Mm-hmm. If you're, uh, the average is about twenty, right? Then that's going to take you into mm-hmm. retirement. Gotcha. Okay. Right. So that's why that's a key pivotal time. Mm-hmm. Um, if you start to wait until your fifties, premiums go up. They start to really accelerate after age fifty. Gotcha.
1: Okay. Yeah. Wow, and I, I know I'm about to open another can of worms I here, know but you know that's what I do. And you will be like, "Okay, we well, we gonna have to have another episode." But right. I will. I do want you to talk a little bit about um, wills okay. and uh, and or life estate planning. Okay, that's um, not
2: the ages though.
1: I I know, but don't. But when when is a good age to do a will? Because a lot yeah. of people but, are like, "I don't want to do it until I'm on my deathbed." Okay, go but ahead.
0: Before you do that, Kate, yes. you didn't explain the oh, whole.
2: Oh, that's whole, right. right. Yes. go back yes. to the whole. We'll whole come life. back. Okay, okay. So with whole life, and and you'll hear it coined as permanent, because Mm -hmm. it's with you permanently, as long as you're paying the premium, it's with you. And normally, it's going to be a level premium amount that you're going to pay from the time you start the policy until, you know, mortality. Mm -hmm. Um and what's happening is that premium is normally going to be higher than a term policy because a portion of it is going to pay for the insurance and a portion of it is being invested inside of the policy. Oh, wow. Okay, so that's how the cash is being is building mm-hmm. up inside of the policy. So... Um, You know, insurance, like I said, it can get really complicated. You Mm -hmm. could probably do a whole session on insurance. Mm -hmm. But that's the difference between the two is that it's with you for a lifetime. So that question you ask, well, what happened to all those premiums that I paid? Mm -hmm. Um, In a term policy, the term just ends. Um, that's why it is a more affordable premium um, with the other one it's going to be higher but you're investing and having an insurance kind of combined inside of that policy and and that's you know now with what's whole happening. life
0: can you do a cash out um before you're i guess you're you die yeah. out, especially <laughs> since, you like, yeah. since you're investing like because you're investing and it's whole yeah. life yeah and you're paying more yeah so can you take cash out at some point like you yeah. if you have like an emergency like, Are you oh.
2: penalized or Um
0: we need a whole show I know
2: on that. I know we going <laughs> Sorry, in the, you audience. can tell <laughs> we like
1: we need financial wisdom. we are like lord help us but go mm-hmm. ahead carry on
2: Um you can under certain um contracts so you know it just depends on how the contract is structured but to answer your question yes but you really need to look at how the contract is structured
0: Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Wow. Does that answer?
1: It It does. It does. (laughs) Like you said, I know it's the tip of the iceberg, but yeah, it it gives us a great insight, you know, and if there's further research we need to do on our own, or maybe we just need to have you back, then hey, you know, so we have a good idea of, you know, where to start at least. Hmm. So um, as far as Will's estate planning, what's a good age to really start thinking about that? Mm,
2: Okay. Um, Well... Once you have some assets to actually mm-hmm. bequeath. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So, so a 20 man, year old. Yeah, not a, not a, yeah. You know. And the reason why I say once you have assets, it's about the assets, it's not about the age. Gotcha. So you could be, you know, name an entertainer who's making mm-hmm. millions of dollars and mm-hmm. they're in their 20s. They Got need you. a will. Gotcha. Right. You. And then you can have someone who's 60 with mm-hmm. very little assets mm-hmm. and they could just, Put people on mm-hmm. as beneficiaries and be retitle their mm-hmm. their homes and things like that, and they gotcha. may not need need a um, a full uh, mm-hmm. elaborate estate plan.
1: So life insurance is essential, mm-hmm. but as far as a will, really, that is dependent upon your assets. Well,
2: everybody assets. should have a will, okay. of some sort. Mm-hmm. But a, but an elaborate estate plan, gotcha, is based on your assets.
0: That yeah. makes sense. That mm-hmm.
1: does. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else for forties before we go on into fifties? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, <know> you like <laughs> <you're> like no. <laughs> All right. Talk to us about fifties, and we'll will for for the sake of time, we'll say fifties and beyond. If there's okay. anything, if there are any key steps that people over the age of fifty should take to gain financial wisdom.
2: Okay. Okay. Good. 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 So at fifty, now you're you're cresting on the you know the heels of retirement. So it's really about that. Um. I say that is a, a ideal age if you have not already established a relationship with a financial professional to help you sort things out. Because you can mm-hmm. see it could get, you know... There's a lot of pieces to the puzzle. Really, And and when you are in what I call your accumulation years, meaning you're putting money in your buckets, right? Mm -hmm. 401k, Roth, savings, all that Mm -hmm. stuff. You're putting it all in the bucket. Now you need someone to help you kind of strategize and say, okay, what do I do with all these buckets? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a good age to start interviewing Mm -hmm. and looking for someone to work with professionally. Mm -hmm. Um, But more importantly they're going to tell you, are you on track for retirement? And so you want to take advantage of what's called catch-ups. So there are already rules and regulations in place for retirement accounts where you can do catch-ups. So in your 401k, they give you an extra amount of money that you can put away in your 401k that someone under fifty can't mm-hmm. um, to okay. help you catch up and get on track if you didn't mm-hmm. plan earlier. Mm-hmm. Same with IRAs, okay. um, same thing. This is also a good time if you're homeowners to look at your mortgage mm-hmm. um, and start to look at your debt picture. Okay. So that journey we took, if you were prudent with your, you know, debt mm-hmm. young and and learn not to. You know, accumulate too much, mm-hmm. then when you're in your 50s, you're gonna start paying it down because you're really using that 50 to 60 to start formulating your life to be on a fixed income, right? Fixed income is not a bad word. Um, some people think that means I don't have enough money. Fixed income just means. I know exactly how much I am going to pay for everything. Mm -hmm. It's not so much in that um, what we call discretionary bucket, Mm -hmm. you know, the kids are normally older. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you don't have to, you know, think about that you might have to be paying for them. Um, Your routine in life starts to get a little bit more predictable. Um, So, yeah, so pay down your debt, look at your mortgages, revisit your insurances if you Mm -hmm. need to, and and take advantage of your catch-ups.
1: Now, what about the the woman or the person who's like, you know, when I retire, I want to travel the world, Mm -hmm. you know, what does a fixed income look like for something like that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, are are you able to factor in, like... To me, I mean, I was just listening. I'm like, how do you factor in like fun? How do you factor in like life? It's fixed.
2: I know. I'm like, so that's what your financial professional does for you. So so let's just say after you boil down everything Mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, mortgage will be falling off soon, et Mm -hmm. cetera, et cetera. You actually pad in inside the budget. Mm -hmm. How often do you want to travel? Gotcha. How much do you want to spend when you travel? Mm-hmm. Are you going abroad? We're in mm-hmm. coronavirus territory right now. Oh. <laughs> but not always, not
1: forever now.
2: <laughs> but but we, we do that. Like when mm-hmm. I sit down with someone, they mm-hmm. actually have that in there. Now, if they've started early enough, you know, at age 50, they mm-hmm. will have some surplus, you know. That's good and they can do you know have their retirement toys extra vacations all that kind of stuff but that that's part of the conversation
1: okay wow mm-hmm. Great, great stuff. Oh, my goodness. I hope y'all are getting as much as I am because yeah. I'm like, we could talk for a <laughs> couple of hours on this one. So I, I did want to highlight specific um, tips for married couples because mm-hmm. I and I, of course, I know that could, you know, happen or involve any age group that we've talked about so far. But mm-hmm. are there any um, tips that you have specifically for married couples um, steps that they can take? you know, as they are trying to operate as one, you know, trying to be good stewards over their resources as one. Like what are some, um, you know, key steps that you can give for couples, for married couples to um, operate in financial wisdom?
2: Okay. Okay. So with couples, it's all about goals. It's all about goals. You should sit down and and each person, Mm -hmm. you know, share what what's important to them. I when I meet with couples, I have them fill out separately. I say, "Okay, spouse, what's important to you? Mm-hmm. Write down the top 3 that are important to you in mm-hmm. the order in which they are important to you." Other spouse, do the same. And then we bridge those together, right? So that they're always working towards a long-term goal. Mm. That's something that's going to be on into the future. Okay. And then a short term goal that they're trying to do within 12 to 24 months. Okay. Um, It's really important for couples to have emergency funds. Um, cause I'm often asked questions like, well, should we have separate bank accounts? Should we have, mm-hmm. you know, joint bank accounts? How many bank accounts should we have? Mm-hmm. You know, like I get those questions all the time. Mm-hmm. That's really the preference of the relationship. To mm-hmm. be honest with you, I do encourage to have one account that focuses on paying all the bills for the house. Mm-hmm. And then it's really up to your preference on what you want to do with mm-hmm. the other. But if you have goals then you can have an account that matches that goal. That's very good. Right? Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of takes away from that. That's my account and this is his account or her account or whatever the case may be. This is our vacation account. You see what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And what are we saying that we are going to contribute to that mm-hmm. systematically? Mm-hmm. And it stay, It keeps us on track. And then with the bills, you know, um, what do we need budget-wise to pay our bills and making sure that we're contributing what needs to go in and then having a little bit of surplus in there as well. Mm-hmm. So it's all about goals with
1: very couples. good, very, yeah, very that good. Makes
0: sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for all the yeah. wisdom, financial wisdom that you're sharing with us. Yeah. So, now it's time for our noble character segment. Mm -hmm. So, if you know of a woman that you want to give praise to, a Mm -hmm. shout out, or recognize for making a difference in their family, their neighborhood, or Mm -hmm. on their job, then please go to our website at Mm becomingevatoday.com and submit their name in the noble character tab. And so, since... We have you today yes. um, we're gonna give you the honor of choosing our noble character today okay well
2: I would like to recognize um, her name is Nicole Jones and she is a minister at her church mm-hmm. um, she does a lot in her community and most recently um, she started a business it is called I am Nicole D Jones awesome. com. Mm-hmm. and what she focuses on it's called meal plan now when you hear mm. that word it sounds like Food, right? Mm-hmm. But it's actually an acronym. Okay. Uh, M stands for mindset, E stands for education, which mm-hmm. we're doing today. A is accountability, we need that as mm-hmm. women. And then L is lifestyle, and we've talked a lot about this as well. And so she does um, things for women in the community to help them um, really have a holistic look mm-hmm. at life. So That's
1: awesome. Well, shout out to Nicole Jones. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you for being our noble character acknowledgement this week. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay. And then we're going to talk about our B.E. challenge for this week. So for our B.E. challenge, I'm sure, you know, if if you've experienced anything that I experienced over the course of this last 40 so minutes, Mm -hmm. like there have been a lot of nuggets of financial wisdom that have been dropped. So the B.E. challenge for this week is to find one One step that you can take to gain more financial wisdom. It may be opening a savings account if you don't have one, or if you're if you're married, it may be, okay, let's take that, do that exercise that you just talked about as far as writing out your top three goals each so that you can be on one accord and determining what those goals are, you know, or if you aren't contributing to a 401k, you know, maybe start contributing to your 401k or find out if your company matches, you know, there's so many different nuggets that that you drop during this time. You know, the whole 50 30 20 rule you know like that whole thing if if you're not incorporating that in your your regular spending your regular budgeting so um, find one of those nuggets and apply them to your life to your financial life you know this week find it and you know take some steps to apply it and we want to hear about it you know we want to know what what really what you learned if anything what you want to learn more about if there are some things where you're like gosh you guys really just scratched the surface and i really want to learn more about that area let us know you know and then if there are certain steps that you've taken as a result of this episode we want to know that too so that is our be challenge
0: revisit our um, our life insurance and Mm -hmm. make sure that we're making the best Decision mm-hmm. as it relates to the term or whole life. So mm-hmm. that's definitely something that I'm going to do um, this week with my husband. Mm-hmm. But um, in closing, <laughs> um, our next episode will be March the 27th. And we'll be talking about personal branding and entrepreneurship. Um, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on the podcast app. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook at Becoming Eva, one word. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Becoming Eva Today. Yeah. See, See you, you soon. soon. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Click subscribe on YouTube and subscribe to the podcast.
1: Check us out at BecomingEvatoday.com or email us at BecomingEvatoday.com. See you next time.